Okay, we're going to get into the Word of God here, amen? Okay, it's good. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually really excited about this morning. Isn't it funny sometimes when you have a bit of a hard week, a hard week, that then God just drops something in, you, in your spirit? Anyone else experience that? Well, we've had a couple of people. But, you know, you, you're battling through something and all of a sudden there's just this light goes, poof, and you're like, whoa. Well, I've had one of those weeks and this message is a bit of the culmination of that, I guess. I wanted to share, um, I wanted to unpack, I want to unpack the word that I brought briefly last week, but I can't do that without sharing this message first. It's hard sometimes, isn't it, to communicate everything? Isn't it? And it's hard in the Western nations, particularly, because in the Western nations, you know, like you guys are used to a, actually, no, actually, you're pretty good, but most churches are used to a 30-minute message. And so you're trying to communicate everything that God is saying into a 30-minute message, which is actually impossible. Yeah? You know, that's why, you know, other countries, whether it's in Africa or Asia, where they meet for hours, you can communicate stuff. In, like we see, we see in the early church that, you know, that they didn't just meet in a Solomon's colonnade. So they didn't just meet in public spaces. They didn't just meet in big groups, but they also met in home, um, house to house. It was a life thing. And so it's really hard in our culture to communicate, but I'm going to try that. I'm going to try and do it in 30 minutes. But we are a family. And the Lord wants us to show, uh, wants us to, to understand that more and more. Because we are called to unpack the love of God together. Amen? Not, not, not just to be contained within us, but to touch this region that He's placed us in. Amen? Amen? You know, there are times, can I be, just have, have a little real honesty moment? Is that all right? There are times when I think, why isn't that person doing that? Or why isn't that person praying? Or how come they're not more connected? Or whatever the case may be. And sometimes I scratch my head. But then this week, the Lord just gave me the answer. And the simple word is revelation. Because there is a difference between revelation and information. And I, don't show, and I don't know whether we understand the difference between information and revelation. And in fact, I could probably be so bold to say that the Western church or the church in Australia is mostly living out of information rather than out of revelation. How do I know that? Because revelation leads to transformation. And if, and if the church was, was living out of revelation, well, this nation would already be transformed. So that tells me that something's missing and, that, and what's missing is revelation. Amen. What a diagram. That is our life before Christ and after Christ. That is the old is gone, the new has come. That is the promised land that God has call, called us or given to us. Because we need revelation. We don't just need more information. We live in an age where it is information overload. That's why you've got to switch off the TV. That's why you've got to get off social media at times. That's why, because it's information overload. But I don't think we realise what that's actually done to us spiritually. We want more information, so we read more books. We, 
We, we watch more DVDs. We get on YouTube and we watch more content because I'm thirsty for more information. But if that's where it stops, we've missed it because it's about revelation. Are we good? It's like the parable of the sower. This is one of the passages. I'm really excited this morning, by the way, so I hope that's okay. Is that all right to be a little bit excited about Jesus and about what he's saying? Is that all right? Come on. So the parable of the sower. You know the parable? Well, if you don't, go home and read Matthew 13 because I'm not going to go through all the verses today. But when Jesus explains the parable of the sower and what it all meant, he says this, And the one that is sown on a rocky ground is the one who hears the word and receives it with joy. Now, how often do we receive a word or or we hear a word and we receive it with joy? God, Tim, that was a great message. Or Steve, that was a great word. Or Jace or whoever is sharing. Wow, how often are we like that? And we walk out that door and we go, that was a great word today. No? Often. That's, that's fair, isn't it? But, but he has no root. And so it's short-lived. What is the root? The root is revelation. It's got to go deep. Otherwise, it's just information. He has no root. So when distress or persecution comes, he falls away. Now, what was that message that Tim was talking about the other week? I can't remember. It's got no root. Now the one, uh, but it goes on to say in verse 23, but the one sown on the good ground, this is the one who not only hears, but understands the word and produces a crop 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. This is revelation that leads to transformation. In fact, I want to encourage you to add something into your life. I want to encourage you that when you hear a word, and maybe it's the word today, or maybe it's a message on love, it, 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 does, it can be so simple that you, when you walk out that door, spend some time Sunday saying, God, I need to know that for myself. Because otherwise you are just living off my revelation, or Bruce's revelation, or Kathy's revelation, or May's revelation. We're living off someone else's revelation. But that is just information. Are we going okay? Because if we receive only information, in the end it does nothing. But Scripture clearly says that if we have a revelation, it's 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. That is the fruit of revelation. You see, we live in this nation where we have this Greek mindset, where we want more info, more info, more info, more info. But, but, but the Hebrew mindset was one of revelation and experience. They encountered God. They experienced God. God revealed himself to them. And so they knew without a doubt that he was Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. They knew that he was their their shepherd, their healer, their, their shelter, their strong tower. He knew. David had the revelation that that the Lord was everything. So that's why he could say, even when armies come against me, I will not be afraid. How could he say that? Because he had a revelation. It wasn't just, hey, Steve, God is everything that you need, okay? Now, just remember that. God is everything that you need. No, 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 it wasn't just information. It was a revelation. Are we tracking okay? That's why Paul would say, 
So when you, when you understand that, and so then you read verses of Scripture and you go, oh, that's what he was talking about. This is why Paul said, when I come to you, brothers and sisters, announcing to you the mystery of God, I didn't come with brilliance of speech. I didn't come with, with wisdom of man. I decided to know nothing ex- except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, in fear, and with much trembling. My speech and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but rather with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not be based on human wisdom, that is information, but on the power of God, that is revelation. Are you quiet because this is hitting the mark, or are you just like, is this all right? But see, the... The interesting thing is that with, without the revelation, even a, even a good message can sound legalistic because it's information. So like if I come up to Jason and Georgie and say, you know, you know, you guys, you know, the Lord's saying you just pray. You're not praying enough, or, you know, like, like, like you need to be praying. Now that can sound really legalistic because it's, oh, wow, well, I'm going to pray. But you know what? When you get a revelation of prayer... And what prayer does and how you're partnering with God, all of a sudden you go, yeah, I want to pray. Because, because it's not about me praying more. It's about me being a kingdom influencer for Jesus. It's about me seeing strongholds broken and lives changed because I carry the power of God within me and I'm going to pray. You can, see, can you see the difference? If it's just information or if it's a revelation. Now I share a little bit about myself because I because I like to do that. What's so funny about that? I meant I want to share a little bit of part of my journey in the message so that you can say you know that I've been on this journey as well. Is that okay? Thanks, Rosaline. Love you too. Sure. Just as well we're family, hey. Sure. Didn't uh, Mark Crawford say that we'd be an unoffendable people or something? <laughs> Praise God for that. Too much offence in this nation. Sure. Probably won't be called Vegemite anymore soon because someone will get offended. Sorry if that offended you. <laughs> I don't even know why I went there. John fourteen fifteen. I heard this. Years ago, I re- years ago, I read this verse of Scripture. And because for me it was information, because I hadn't ever had a revelation, I was like, I would, I, it, it would be a duty, yeah? I'd do, I'd, I would try my very best to do this in my own strength because that's what I was called to do. Jesus says to the disciples and he says to us, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Now, can you see how I took that? Tim, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to prove my love for him, so I want to obey every command that he gives me. I want to, because I was living out of information. Until in 2002, when I sat in my lounge room and I had that six month period in my life where God just shut all external doors and he said, Son, just seek my face. And I didn't really know what he meant by that but I just decided to do it because I knew that he was, te- he was asking that of me. And so I wanted to obey. 
and something happened. I can still feel it now. Am I the only one feeling this? Pearl. I knew that I was loved. I knew that I was loved. And you know, you know what? No one can ever take that away from me. Because it is not just information, tell, someone telling me that you are loved, but it became a revelation that I knew I was loved. And circumstances don't change that, or if someone spews all over me, you know, vomits all over me, you know, in terms of verbally, they say accusations, it doesn't change anything. Because I am loved. And it was out of that place of love that that verse came alive. It wasn't just information anymore. If you obey me, Tim, you will, uh, if you love me, you will obey my commands. It was, man, I love him. And I just want to walk with him. And guess what happens when you start to walk with Jesus? You automatically <laughs> obey his commands because his spirit writes it on your heart. It's just like in, when you're in a love, like I'm in a love relationship with my beautiful wife of 27 years. Next month, 27 years. I don't intentionally want to do anything to hurt her, to harm her. Do I say something every now and then that, well, maybe, probably, yeah, well, I probably do. <laughs> okay, I do, I do. The Lord's still at work in my life. <laughs> but, that's the ver but, but that's the heart of the verse. If you love me, you will obey my commands. It's not a duty. But see, that it's the difference between information and revelation. Is this turning some light bulbs on anywhere? Revelation is vital, life-giving, because then you own it. When you, when you know something, when you own it, it can't be taken away from you. And the church in Australia needs to start to have a revelation of some things because there's too many people that are on shifting sand, even down to marriage between a man and a woman. There's too many people on shifting sand because there's just information. I read a post on Facebook yesterday and I thought, oh, I've got to close down Facebook. Because they were talk, they said that Jesus, Jesus' uh, words were just, were just an opinion, and you can have an opinion about marriage between a man and a woman. I'm thinking, man, that's not an opinion. It can't be taken away from you when you get a revelation. And I'm sure that everyone sitting here today has some revelation that you know it can't be taken away from you. But then there's other aspects in our life where we go, man, I need a revelation. See, the problem is that you're expecting me to give you the revelation. You know what? But I'm a seed sower, as whoever else is that speaks into your life in various ways. I am sowing a seed. Now you need to go and cultivate it. So you need to go. That's what I'm saying. Go, go home. Even spend 10 minutes before you have dinner on a Sunday night from now on and say, God, I want to know that revelation. Because the Word of God says, what you seek, you will find. It's not a game. 
He's not trying to trick you. What you seek, you will find. So if you walk away and say, I need that revelation in my life that I'm loved, or I need to know that I'm a son of God, or I need to know the revelation of how powerful prayer is. If you go to the Father and say, God, I want to know this for myself, and you start opening Scripture, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get a revelation. And you're going to walk in next Sunday, and you're going to go, Tim, you what? You know what? I got it. I got it. All these years I've been been battling with it. But, you know, you're right. When, When I go to the Word of God and when I pray about something, you know what? God answers and I understand it now. And it can't be taken away from me. Almost sounds scriptural. I was speaking to some, I was speaking to a pastor during the week. I spend some of my time connecting with the different pastors. I just want to connect with them. I want to have coffee with them. I want to share. And you know, there's some really good things happening in, in this space. And so please keep praying. Please keep praying because I, I can see unity is increasing and coming. So please keep praying in this space as we share hearts. Anyway, I was speaking with one of the pastors this week and we were having coffee. And he said this thing and it just dovetailed with this because he used to work with YWAM. And, you know, it's really easy when you're in a teaching setting just to teach and give everyone the information that they need. But he said what he used to do is he used to throw half-truths in there. And some of the students would go, that's not right. That's not right. And he goes, you prove it. He said, I want you to go away for a week and I want you to come back and next, and next week in our class, I want you to prove it. And you know what they did? They went away and they prayed and they went away and they got into the Word of God and they referenced stuff and they got it all together and they stood up with affirmation and they said, this is what it is. And he goes, aha, now you own it. Rather than going, okay, just because, you know, because Tim said, or even the Word of God says in this verse, and maybe you can even quote the verse, but do you really know it? Is this good? Are we going Okay. You know, this is why Paul said, oh man, I'm going to run. I I tried to do it for 30 minutes, didn't I? Take an hour. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Wow. This is why Paul said in 1 Corinthians, uh, sorry, in Ephesians chapter 1. I think it was Ephesians chapter 1. Where am I? Yes, Ephesians chapter 1. In, in, In verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened. What's he speaking about? He's speaking about revelation. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the wealth of our glorious inheritance, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, and I pray that for ourselves today, that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened that we would be a people of revelation and not just information. In fact, the book of Revelation starts with these words. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. What is the book of Revelation? People go, man, I don't understand that book. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Do not miss him as you read the book of Revelation. So I guess I'm saying that when, we, when you hear something and you go, wow, that's actually good. 
Or maybe someone's talking about something, you go, oh, wow, that's interesting. Instead of just leaving it, why don't you go away and dig into it? Why don't you go away and pray? Why don't you get a, go away and open the Word of God and say, God, I want to know that part. Because the Word of God says, and I know it's one of Brooke's favourite verses over there, you know, these are the plans I have for you, to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you in a future and a hope. You'll find me, or, you know, when you seek, seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. Guess what the key is in there? Seeking with all of our heart. Whatever you seek, you will find. Amen? Yep. Okay. We can move on to part B. I'm convinced that we need a greater revelation about who we are in Christ. Hey. Every single one of us, there'd be another dimension of understanding of who we are in Christ, of everything that he has done for us, and who he is on the inside of us. Because I think if we have fully understood that, if we got a revelation about that, you know what? We, transformation would be well underway of this region. Not just this city, but this region, because God said it's this region. From Agnes Water to Barham Heads. If Rod was here today, he's in Barham Heads. From Bagara to Mount Perry. Sylvia's here, isn't she? Where are you, Sylvia? Mount Perry. I don't think it's coincidental that when God said, I want you to go around and I want you to stake this region for my glory, that we went to all those places and there's someone from Restoration Centre that lives in all those places. North, south, east and west. That is not a coincidence, hey? That is not a coincidence. And in the midst of this week, you know, where it has been a spiritual battle and at times we face spiritual battles, it's really important that we connect. Amen? The enemy wants you to isolate. But when you're feeling that, you need to connect. You know, whatever you don't feel like doing, you need to do. If you don't feel like praying, guess what? You really need to pray. If you don't feel like worshipping, guess what? You really need to worship. If you don't feel like reading the Word of God, guess what? Yeah, you know, you've got it now. You've, you've got to read the Word of God. Yeah, that's it, hey. But just being real, how often do we do the opposite? Oh, I don't feel like praying, so I just won't be bothered. My, the boys, the boys used to have, the boys are not here today. They've been a bit naughty. That, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I said that. Um, they, they used to have this word a few years back. Apparently, it was a common word, seebs. Seebs? So when they couldn't be bothered doing something, it was called seebs. Okay, was that just a Tasmanian thing? Maybe it was Tasmanian language. Okay, I've just taught you something. Seebs is Tasmanian language for I can't be bothered. Seebs. It wasn't, definitely wasn't a London word. It was going around the whole of the city. Definitely. But we need to do, you know, those things that we need to do. So we need to connect. We need to pray. We need to worship. And when you don't feel like that, you need to do it. I love the verse in Matthew. Before I just hit these last four points and close up. I love the verse in Matthew. And it says this in Matthew 11. 
verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence, or maybe a better translation, has been forcefully advancing. And the violent have seized it by force. And the word for violent is biestes, however you would pronounce that in the Greek, and it is energetic. It is the energetic that take hold of the kingdom of God. It is the energetic. Are you energetic in the spirit? Are you energetics? See, it's in your spirit. doesn't matter whether you're six years old or 60 years old or 96 years old. It's about your spirit. Are you energetic in the spirits? Are you seizing? Are you taking hold of the kingdom of heaven? Amen? Because in the end, we are sons and we are kingdom ambassadors. We are kingdom ambassadors. And as kingdom ambassadors, we are enforcing the decrees of the king. In this land. Amen. The word last week had four parts. Prayer, contending, worship and love. Because the Lord said, and I'll just read it quickly. Don't stop praying. Don't stop worshipping. Don't stop standing on my words and contending for my promises. Don't stop loving. I encourage you to keep going. Do these things more and more. For these are all key for both now and what is to come. But know this. It's time to begin to gather the harvest from the seeds that you have sown. The seeds of prayer, the seeds of worship and contending, and the seeds of love. The seeds are beginning to manifest. So gather my people and form teams. Teams that together will begin to reap from what you have sown. Things are shifting and I'm calling you in this time. And that's where the words public spaces. So that's street outreach, park outreach, event outreach, public spaces where you're out in public sharing Jesus. In people's homes. So that's food parcels. That's, you know, we need, we've got so much food at the hub at the moment that we need to get the food out there. Do you know someone in your street? Do you know someone at work that needs food? Well, see Harry or see the people at the hub because there's food there to give them. The hope bags, random acts of kindness, lawn mowing, cleaning, all that kind of stuff. And in personal lives, that's prayer ministry, it's, it's healing, it's prophecy, it's words of knowledge. You are ministering into an individual's life. Whatever it is, we're all called to play some form in the harvest. Amen? So the, the four things that the Lord was saying, is, He said, don't stop praying. You know, and I've met people at times and said, oh, I prayed about that once and so that's all I need to do. And, you know, there are times when we pray about something and the Lord says, done, that's it. But scripturally, there are other periods where the Lord says, oh, I want you to keep praying. We only got to read Luke 11 as an example. And because we are kind of getting on for time, I'm not going to read the whole passage. So go home and read Luke 11 as well as Matthew 13. And he says, ask and keep on asking. He says, knock and keep on knocking. So he's, he's, he's speaking to them about prayer. Seek and keep on seeking. It's not just ask, seek and knock, in the, because that's what it looks like in our English language, but in the Greek it's actually a continual. Ask and keep on asking. That's why it's linked to when, you know, you go knock at the door and say, I need some bread because I've got some visitors. Go away, I'm sleeping. No, you, you knock again. No, go away, I'm sleeping. But because of the persistence, the provision came. So it's a ask and keep on asking. It's knock and keep on knocking. It's seek and keep on seeking. Amen? In Hebrews, we read this. Hebrews 11, 
By faith, Enoch was taken away that he did not experience death. Isn't that amazing? God took him. He so pleased God that he took him. He didn't experience death from this life. Before he was taken away, he was approved as one who pleased God. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. I don't know about you, but diligence doesn't just mean a one-off thing for me. It's a continual thing. Be diligent. Be intentional. Keep seeking Him. This is what prayer is. We see, if we went through the book of Acts, we would see a praying church. They didn't just pray on a Friday night. They were praying all the time. And if something came up, their first, their first priority was, we're going to go to prayer. Yep. And in every situation you face in life, your first priority is you must go to prayer first. You must go to prayer first. Even if something happens in the middle of your day tomorrow, go to prayer first. Because you know what happens? All of a sudden I don't react in my flesh, but I respond in the Spirit. So he says to us, pray and keep on praying. And Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. And I want us to be known, you know what? Those people at Restoration Center, man, they are prayer freaks. I mean, obviously we're Jesus freaks, but... You know what I'm trying to say. These guys are praying about anything. They're always praying. Well, that's good because Jesus said my house will be a house of prayer, so that's a good start. Then the contention, as out of prayer, contend, you know, he was saying, just keep contending for my promises. In Ephesians 6, we read these. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to squeeze this in, aren't I? Finally, be strengthened in the Lord. Oh, Put on the full armour of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil and against the spiritual forces in heaven. That is the battle. Amen. For this reason, take up the armour of God, the full armour of God, so you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having prepared everything that you would stand. That's what we do. We are standing on the prophetic words and we are standing for the prophetic words. We are standing for the manifestation of those words. Amen. And we've had people even in our fellowship personally that have had, you know, that we have stood with through prayer and we have continued to stand until there's been breakthrough, until there's been a victory, until there's been a shift, until there's been a change. We are like a dog at a bone. That is contending. Liz last week was talking about Daniel. Well, Daniel was there praying. And after 21 days, the archangel Michael came and said, from that moment you started praying, your prayers were heard. But there was a spiritual battle going on with the prince of Persia. And he was trying to delay me. But here I am. Every prayer is heard. Don't ever think that it's not. But I want to encourage us to stand. And to stand. To see Freemasonry brought down. To see witchcraft brought down. To see those things that that have opposed the, the things of the kingdom brought down. Yeah? To see transformation in our city and our region. Amen? Worship. 
You know, when we worship, we join with heaven. Do we realize that? Worship, you know, like we talk about heaven and we talk about, you know, what's happening in heaven right now? Worship. There's lots of parties because there's people giving their hearts to Jesus all over the world. There's parties going on in heaven galore because there's like Christian did, there's people all over the place giving their hearts to Jesus, giving their lives to Jesus. But you know what? There is worship. And it never stops before the throne. Day and night. That's why we sing the song, day and night, night and day, let incense rise. Day and night, night and day, let incense rise. We, when we worship, we are joining with heaven. Jehoshaphat understood this. When he was in the battle, the Lord said, Stand still and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. And the musicians started to worship as he bowed with his face to the ground. Because you remember the worship is about the position of our heart. He bowed low. They started shouting praises to God and God brought the breakthrough. Paul and Silas in Acts 16, they understood this. They were locked up in prison. They were in a dark, horrible place. And what were they doing? worshipping in the midst of the worship not only did their chains come loose but guess what everyone else's chains did as well that's the power of worship not only is it going to change your situation but it's going to affect those people around you worship and it doesn't matter if you can't sing in tune God doesn't care he says make a joyful noise so if you can't sing, just make a noise. Just praise Jesus. Because you know what happens as we worship him? Our eyes that have been wandering in all kinds of ways get focused on him. And we start to magnify him. We start to glorify him. And the bigger he is in our vision, everything else is like small. But if you focus on the problem... Guess what? The problem is big and Jesus is little. But if you focus on Jesus, he's big and the problem is like a pebble in my shoe. Or under your shoe. Might be better. Oh, worship and love. Man, where do we start with love? We, just, we could be here all day. Paul said, I pray that you would know the height and the, the length and the width and the breadth of God's love. And you know what? There is more for us to understand about the love of God. There is more revelation about the love of God. And I can say that with confidence because you know what? There's, there's, he wants to reveal his love more and more amongst us. It's the revelation that leads to transformation. When you get a revelation of God's love, you know what? You just can't gossip about people anymore. You just can't hold on to stuff anymore because it's like, man, I'm forgiven. Who am I to position myself to hold unforgiveness against someone else? You, when you get the revelation of stuff, his love just starts to flow. More, Jesus. There are 59 one another's in the New Testament. They are the overflow of love. In the midst of all this, hey, we keep our eyes on Jesus and he's encouraging us to see people how he sees them. He's encouraging us to see circumstances how, how he sees them, amen?
Everybody's needed. Everybody's needed. As we pray, as we contend, as we worship, as we love, and as we reach, everyone is needed. Part of the issue with the, with the modern-day church in, 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 in Australia nowadays is that they think the leaders will do that. The leaders will do that. The leaders will do that. Oh, that person will do that. And we have this spectator thing. But you know what? Everyone is needed in the kingdom of God. You are chosen. You are appointed. You are anointed. And everybody is needed in the kingdom of God. Everyone is needed. Mark declared that we would be a stronghold of hope for this region. The Word of God says that hope is an anchor for our soul. So I pray that you would know the hope that is in Jesus Christ. Music team, you want to come down there? I pray that you would know the hope that is in Jesus Christ. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened to know this hope to which you were called. I pray that you would have a revelation of everything that Jesus has done for you and all that you are in him. I pray that you would have a revelation of his love. I pray that you would have revelation after revelation after revelation. If we take something from today, can we take this? God, I want a revelation, not just more information. Are we in agreement on that? Everybody? We want a revelation, not just information. But that, that means you, you have to own it because I can't be in everyone's lounge room today and get into the Word of God with you. But you know what? He is with you. His Spirit is with you. And He will bring the revelation if you ask. So let's be a people as we step into the more where we don't just hear a message. We don't just live off someone else's information, but we say, God, I want this revelation. Because that's what's going to lead to the fullness of transformation. Did that help a little bit?